What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Demling here with y'all. As always, got some uh, questions here from the mailbag that will be answered later on in the show. But first, want to get to uh, the news. Uh, really, you know, came out yesterday, recording here on Tuesday. Is LeJohn Jones out of Bryant and Anthony Palmer out of Stony Brook both confirmed to me on uh, Monday afternoon, late morning ish, that they would be heading to Rutgers in 2023. Uh, Jones has two years of eligibility left there uh, that he can use at Rutgers, uh, being a he'll be a senior this year. Um, and has obviously that year, uh, the 2020 year, still there as well. Palmer, this will be his uh, grad transfer year at uh, Rutgers. Jones coming, you know, off a a season with Bryant, you know, 15 starts uh, there at close during 28 games that he's played. Played all 15 games last season. Led the Bulldogs with 16 cause turnovers. Also had 20 ground balls. Had four goals. Uh, defenseman slash LSM. You can put him at either position. Uh, there obviously was a big part of that 2021 NCAA tournament run that the Bulldogs had. A big part of their defense once again this season as they you know obviously fell in the NEC tournament there. He joins a, a, a Rutgers defense that, you know, loses to the top two polls and Joe Gene Felix and Bryant Boswell, uh, Ethan Law, the LSM, and Bobby Russo are the top two returners on that end. Uh, this is going to be, you know, last year we saw with Rutgers was they returned a lot of their defense. And, you know, I said coming into the season, the defense is – the thing I'm most sure about that it's going to improve and it's going to be better. And I think for the most part, it was. Um, and with those guys, and you did have a Bryant Boswell who transferred in, uh, but Gene Felix, Raw, Russo, those guys have been there. Uh, Raw and Russo will be back on that end this season. And to add a guy like what John Jones back there, I think it, it is pretty good for this defense as well. Now, the key thing about this defense is, you know, not only what's out in front, but what's in cage. And who you lose in cage is Colin Coast. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Kyle Mullen, the Harvard goalie, will be coming in uh, as a transfer as well. So you have Kyle Mullen coming in, and you also have Anthony Palmer coming in. That's going to be a battle between those two guys in terms of, you know, who's going to get that starting job. And, you know, no one, you know, Colin Coast is a player that's going to be, you know, impossible. You can't replace him, so to speak. But, you know, you can fill the hole in cage. And they're going to rely on one of those guys to do so. Um, and, look, Liam Gray comes back. Elliot Steadfast comes back. Those are your only two goalies returning. The other guys... Toby Bergdorf, Colin Coast, Stephen Russo, all seniors. Uh, so you have a, a rising junior and a rising sophomore 
got overturning, and you have a pair of grad transfers in Kyle Mullen and Anthony Palmer, those guys are probably going to be competing for that starting job. They, they're proven at the Division One level. Palmer at Stony Brook, 128 saves, 51% save percentage in 11 games this past season. He had 16 saves against Rutgers uh, this past season. So you know, he's played against these guys. Uh, he also had the 16 save games against Syracuse and Dartmouth. He had that 17 save performance there against Robert Morris. Uh, Palmer, a guy that's been very consistent. He's been a starter each of the past two seasons in between uh, the pipes there. He missed, you know, the majority of the end. Uh, he missed the ending of the season for Stony Brook. Um, I don't think it was the majority of it, but like a third of it uh, missed, you know, kind of the, the end of the season this year. Um, for Stony Brook, you know, that that's going to be a goalie battle that is going to be interesting. One of the more interesting ones in the country this fall and winter is, uh, you know, heading into the spring is, you know, who, who takes over in cage there at Rutgers? Is it Anthony Palmer? Is it Kyle Mullen? And so, you know, I, I think Palmer or John Jones, two very, very good, very good gets, Four Rutgers out of the portal in 2022, uh, heading into the 23 season. The Scarlet Knights have also added, as I mentioned, Kyle Mullen, but also uh, gotten Joe Newman, the face-off man, out of Yale. Um, are they done yet? I don't know. I, you know, you've heard some things of maybe some other guys coming in, but you know, we'll see. Uh, you know, how things shake out and, and, and when things are officially announced. We'll, we'll see how things roll uh, with Rutgers here in 2023. And this is a good segue into our mailbag uh, part of the show, as we do have a Rutgers question that I will answer here. Um, you know, is Rutgers going to, you know, continue this transfer portal just you know, NASCAR changing the tires and, and going, is this something they can sustain? Um, I don't think they want to do this. Like, I don't, like, like this is not how you build a program. And you ask any coach, they, they will tell you, yeah, we're going to use the portal to, to fill holes where we can get immediate, you know, guys that can come in um, or, where, where, you know, we have fits for these players and we have spots. Like, yeah, we're going to do that. Um but when you're talking about building a program off the portal, that's not something that, that, that any coach wants to do. Every coach will tell you we pride ourselves on our development of players. Um, we want to develop our players first. And, look, if there's a guy or two or three or five that we can go get and we have the spots um, that, that can come in and help us, we're going to do that. Uh, but first and foremost, it's about development. So, you know, and I think you, we've seen that from Rutgers too, right? Um, when obviously the, the top three scorers were all transfers, but then Shay Knobloch was, it, it was there as, as a sophomore. Uh, Ryan Gallagher is a guy who's been there. Dante Kulis, uh, a freshman who stepped up. So I, I, I think Rutgers is going to be fine. Um, you know, 
a lot of these big time programs that, as I've mentioned uh, a few weeks ago, they're going to continue to get these, these, you know, big name transfers because that's where you go to win a national championship. You go to the ACC, you go to the big 10. Um, that's where you go to play on championship weekend. It's simple. Um, and those teams do it consistently. Now, Rutgers would be, you know, hasn't been a consistent championship weekend contender, but they made it there this past season, and Brian Brecht's done a good job of developing that program. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 you know, is Rutgers going to continue to do this? I mean, probably um, in terms of just getting guys, but I, I think if you ask that staff, they would, they would tell you, okay, we want to, you know, everyone always talking points that, that you see out there is, you know, Rutgers is going to have to develop their own players at some point. And, you know, those started, I mean, they, they've done it before. Like, Jules Hindenburg, all those guys, they, they've done it before. Um, and they can do it again. And, and, and I don't think it's not that they haven't been doing that. Um, you know, and I've made this point before, getting all these grad transfers in there, that can help develop these guys. Uh, where you have these better veteran talents uh, and you're playing behind them, you're learning from them. That's something that can help young guys as well. Maybe not, you know, be, you know, help in terms of playing time, but certainly something that can help. Staying in the transfer portal here for a second. This question asks, which transfer class outside of the notable ones uh, do you like the most thus far? So, Still a, a, a ways to go. We're just June 21st here. Um, so we still got really a whole month or so to go until things are, are, are set in stone for everybody. Um, but one transfer class I like a lot that, you know, and the, the notable ones I would say would be Georgetown, would be Rutgers, would be Notre Dame. I think those are the those are the ones that people look at as like, okay, those are the top three. Uh, right now um, in terms of who they've gotten. Syracuse, you could throw in that mix as well with Alex Simmons and Cole Coast coming in uh, from from Denver and Lehigh. Um, I, I, I think and they also have a D3 transfer as well. Um, I think when you look at a, a transfer class that maybe hasn't gotten a lot, uh, like, as much buzz as some others, is Ohio State. They got Richie, Calan- Richie LaCalandra out of LIU. Uh, the attackman there. They've also got Kyle Borda, a grad transfer midfielder out of Fairfield, who, you know, he he wasn't, he's not a guy that was like a a, a impact player his entire career there, Uh, but he had a really good senior season for uh, the Stags. 21, uh, 21 assists, 16 goals, 37 points, uh, was a very productive player for them. Uh, so we'll see how he fits into that Ohio State uh, offense at the midfield, you know, how they use him there. And then, you know, they've also gotten Kyle Lewis, the uh, Division Three transfer out of Lynchburg, another attackman there, uh, you know, all-conference kind of guy there, uh, actually the younger brother, of uh, Ohio State assistant coach uh, Lewis there. Um, 
what's his first name? Why can I not remember the first name? Uh, but you know, his older brother is an assistant coach there at Ohio State. Rick Lewis, there you go. Uh, Rick Lewis, the uh, younger brother of Rick Lewis. So you have that connection there as well uh, that you, you know got him there. Uh, but a very good player in his own right, and I think certainly uh, can and, and should make an impact there uh, for the Buckeyes in 2023. Uh, and, you know, second, second, um, no, uh, you know, two, uh, sh- should I say, second year in a row that Ohio State's gotten a transfer out of Lynchburg. It worked out pretty well with Gallagher on the defensive end last year. We'll see how it works out with Lewis on the offensive end this year. Um, You know, Jacksonville has gotten Dylan Watson. Penn State's gotten Chase Mullins. Those are two big-time gets for those programs. Um, Maryland hasn't maybe gotten as much buzz as usual. Uh, Teddy Dolan, the Binghamton goalie, heading there. Um, and then uh, I think it was last week we had uh, Donald Mullaney, uh, the uh, senior grad uh, transfer attackman out of Bowdoin, uh, Division Three transfer. I uh, was a Division Three All American. We'll see how he does in that Maryland offense. Uh, Donovan Lacey, the Sacred Heart uh, midfielder, also heading to Maryland, a two-way guy there. Nope. I think those are some good gets for the Terrapins. Uh, Dolan is the one guy that I'd say probably, and Dolan has two years left, by the way. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what his playing time looks like. I, I you know, playing, and, and he's the younger brother of uh, Danny Dolan, who played there uh, at, at Maryland as well, won a national title. So um, in 2017, I believe he was the, not 2017, 20. 2018 was like the year they went to the, yeah, 2018 went to the national championship, I should say. 2017 was Kyle Bunnemore. Uh, Odin, was that? Was Bunnemore there in 2017? The, 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 these these Maryland goalies for years there, they just would pop up every, you know, once every year. Um, but younger brother of uh, of former, former Maryland goalie, uh, Danny Dolan, there is, uh, Dolan out of Teddy Dolan out of Binghamton. So, uh, you know, Maryland's gotten some good guys, maybe hasn't gotten as much, you know, publicity as usual uh, because it's not as many, I think. Um, and look, as I've said before, like there's not going to be as many guys this year taking that extra year and all that um, with just things are starting to, you know, get away from that 2020 year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of good classes that will be put together via the transfer portal when it's all said and done right now. Um, obviously, Notre Dame, Georgetown, Rutgers, you know, some of the best ones, but Ohio State one uh, I like as well. Next question here. So two questions left here. Um and, and let's do this one first, um, the Ivy League one. So this one, I'm reading from the question here. The Ivy League had a great season. Does it sustain as a league in 2023? Uh, is Yale still the top dog? Or is, or is a Cornell or Princeton emerging? I 
so I'm going to answer the first, the second part of that question first. I think Yale is still the top dog when you look at what they have and, and how much youth is on that, is on that roster. Um, Cornell, I, you know, I've said before, like, I don't believe the Ivy League in 10, 15 years is going to be as dominant as they are. Um, I think the ACC Big Ten is going to really, and hopefully we get some more ACC and Big Ten teams here in the future, more Pac-12 teams in the future, and it becomes more like football. That's what I, uh, what, what I would love to see uh, for lacrosse, just personally. I think that's good for the game. Um, but you're going to have a Cornell. Uh, you're going to have, you know, one, two, three Ivies in the uh, in the top 20 each year just by nature um, of, of where the game is, is concentrated in the history of those programs. Um, so I guess not going away anytime soon. But Cornell is a program that is pretty consistent, is kind of always there. They've had some down years, obviously, uh, you know, prior to Milliman, and, and you had some of those really bad years there. But, it, you know, so I wouldn't say they're emerging. I, I would just kind of say they're stabilizing um, after some of those bad years, and and they, they rose back up. And I, I would say they're stabilizing and kind of they they, they have re retaken their spot. Um, but I, I would still say Yale's the top dog in the Ivy. Uh, Princeton, yeah, I think Princeton's coming back as well. Princeton's coming back. You look at the recruiting; it's really good. What they're doing uh, on the recruiting trail. Uh, you know, recently Nate Kabili flips to Princeton, uh, a former Georgetown commit. So uh, in the 23 class, the top five player in the country, you get guys like that coming to Princeton. And they had some good recruiting classes, you know, in, in the years prior. And, and it showed this year uh, with those guys like Sam English uh, and, and company who, who've been highly rated. You know, Colton Mackesy was a highly rated guy as well, like, you have these guys coming in, making impacts early, and they sustain that success throughout their career. Um, yeah, I think Princeton is emerging back, I would say. Now, as for the Ivy League as a whole, you know, does it sustain the season the league had? You know, I I don't think so. Um, I, I think that's, you know, for, for the Ivy League to sustain that, the ACC has to be down and – I don't think the ACC is going to stay down forever. I think the ACC is probably going to bounce back next year. Um, Virginia is still good. Notre Dame is still good. Duke is still good. Carolina, you know, they've got to bounce back, but, I mean, they're still good. Syracuse, you know, it, it, it is what it is at the moment, and last year was what it was, but, I mean, there's still talent on that roster, and they're getting in the really good – recruiting class here. So, I mean, I don't think Syracuse is going to stay at the bottom pit of the ACC as, as, as a, I mean, they, they were a doormat. They, they were a laughing stock this past season, frankly. Um, and th that's not going to happen uh, forever. You know, I think starting next season, we're going to see Syracuse bounce back. So um, the Ivy League having what they did last year, it, it no, that's, that's not going to sustain in terms of that level of competition, that level of success. But, however, you know, I do think that uh, the league did show, hey, we're not dead yet. Um, and what a lot of people were saying, 
you know, they're never going to get any recruits anymore, all of that. Um, and that you thought taking the year off was going to hurt them and everything. And look, I thought that was going to hurt them as well. Um, ended up not doing so. So uh, it was a great year for the Ivy League. I uh, don't think we're ever going to see something like that again. Uh, but, you know, anything is possible, I guess, and we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, long-winded, long-winded way to say no, that that's not going to happen again. Uh, but, you know, Yale, still top dog, I believe so. Uh, Cornell, Princeton, I think are right there behind them uh, there. And, and you could even say Princeton might be, you know, emoji to take to take Yale. But uh, I just think Yale, with the amount of young talent they have in that roster, the facilities they have now, the recruiting they can do, you know, it is what it is at Yale. And, and look, they're the only team to win a, a national championship since the 90s from the Ivy. So, you know, that, you have to take that into account as well. Uh, Cornell. They were close last year. We'll see what they do this year. Uh, but the Ivy League certainly going to be an interesting league to watch for sure um, in the next few years. Last question here. What team that wasn't in the final top 10 do you think has the most potential in 2023 and vice versa? So what team that wasn't in the top 10 to end the season in 2022 has the most potential in 2023 and then vice versa. So which team that was that I think isn't. Um, So I'll start with that one. Uh, So your top 10 to end the season, and this is the uh, division one media poll that I'm looking at. Maryland, Cornell, Princeton, Rutgers, Virginia, that was your top five. Notre Dame, Penn, Georgetown, Yale, and Brown. I think Penn and Brown are probably the two teams that were in the top ten that I would say probably, you know, aren't going to be in the top ten next season. Um, both, I think, will still have pretty decent teams. But uh, top top 20, like possibly, yes. Um, and I think Penn maybe more so. Um, you know, they've got Fulal and some guys coming back, Sam Hanley coming back as well. So I think Penn, maybe more so Brown, um, you know, they, they seem to have goalie figured out. Devin McLean's coming back, um, there for his senior year on offense. They're going to have some questions, uh, defensively, uh, there out in front of the cage. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how, both these teams do. I think they should both be good, uh, but top ten, uh, you know, that's that's a little iffy. Uh, Penn went eleven and five this year. Brown went ten and six. Obviously, Brown had that fantastic April run. Um, so yeah, I mean, both these teams, Penn and Brown, would be the two that finished the season in the top ten in the final poll. That I would say probably won't be there next season. Um, Outside of that, I mean, Rutgers maybe, but I think Rutgers is is going to be a borderline top ten team. Uh, but like I think they could still finish in the top ten certainly, and could still have another you know stellar season as they did. So teams that were not in the top ten that I think could finish that have the most potential. Um, so that's a pretty easy question. It's Duke. Um, because Duke was 13, 
So I'm going to expand this to teams that weren't in the top 20 that I think have the most potential. Um, and, you know, so North Carolina, I know they were receiving votes uh, at the end of the season. and They, they were, a, you know, a preseason top five team. They were in the top 20 pretty much throughout the season, but they went eight and six. It was not a very good year for North Carolina. Um, you know, they do lose a lot. Chris Gray, Nikki Solomon, Jacob Kelly, uh, you know, Lance Tillman is back. Cole Herbert is back. You know, this is going to be a younger squad next year. Uh, Dewey Egan, a freshman that, you know, showed some flashes. Um, so, like, I think Carolina still has some good potential. Uh, I mean, though North Carolina, they have talent. They always have talent. Um, so I would say probably North Carolina, number one. And then kind of a, a team that, you know, team that I, you know, it, you know, Denver and Villanova, I would say probably the the, the next two. Um, there is a lot of loss there on, you know, certain ends of the field, certain positions, but both are, you know, top three teams in the Big East. Um, they, they, they play pretty good schedules. You know, we'll see what goes on there. Um, I, I'll give y'all an early kind of opinion heading into the season for me. Um, you know, a top 20 team that I think isn't going to be, you know, and we'll see how things go, but, but I think is going to have some difficulties next year is Army. Um, I mean, they lose Brendan Nicktone, they lose Bobby Abshire, they lose a ton of guys on that roster. Uh, Danny Kilbasa, Gunnar Phillip, Aiden Bones, and then on the back end, obviously, Wyatt Schuppler is gone. Marcus Hudgens didn't play this season, but you, know, you don't have him anymore. Um, and this is a a Army team that I, I think could, could could look very much like it did in 2018. And, and if you remember that season, they went five and eight. Um, now they weren't necessarily bad. They had a lot of close losses, but um, I, I think, and they did beat, they did, that was the three overtime Syracuse game. Um, and then, you know, they did beat Rutgers that season. They did kill UMass that season uh, to, to start the season, but they had a lot of close losses that year. Um, I think Army is going to look a little bit like that, maybe a bit better than a five. And like, I don't think they're going to have a losing. You know, I don't know if I'm going to go off on a limb in June and say Army's going to have a losing record in 2023. I want to see what the schedule looks like, but uh, yeah, I think it's it's going to be a tough one for Army in 2023 when you consider all that they lose uh, really on all sides. And, you know, certainly I, I think the situation in Cage will um, will play itself out because it seems to always do so at, at, at the academies. But, uh, you know, that's going to be a, a, a tough, a tough uh, lift there. So, you know, Nick Tone gone, Abshire gone, James Pryor gone, Jack Wingand gone on defense, White Schuppler gone. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a uh, – a very, very tough situation for the Black Knights, especially offensively 
in 2023 in terms of how they're going to look and how things are all going to come together uh, when you do lose, and, and, and most notably a guy like Brennan Nickton, uh, who was a 12-10 finalist. So, uh, yeah, follow me 2023 at the moment. You know, looking forward to 2023 in June uh, is a team, you know, I'm not too, too high on. So we'll put it at that. All right, folks, that is it for today's show. As always, thank you all for tuning in. You can connect with us on social media at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always Lacrosse season.